He mentions seeing on the next slide. And he also mentions hearing on the next slide. Thank you. And then he also mentions understanding quite a few times in that passage. So let's dig in to what he tells his disciples. That's the inner core. He's explaining what he's saying to his inner core of friends. And of course, we get to listen in because we've got the privilege of having the Bible it all recorded for us in this gospel so we can look at Jesus' words together. So on the next slide, first he tells his disciples that the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to them, but not to the people. He tells his disciples this about the people. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. And then he reads Isaiah's prophecy and applies it to the people, which we'll see on the next slide. The people are ever hearing, but never understanding. They're ever seeing, but never perceiving. And he also says that the people's hearts have become calloused. Not very nice, is it? That's feet. Imagine what it's like on a heart. Oh dear. So these nasty looking calluses are on someone's feet. Don't they look dreadful? Excessive pressure on the person's feet has led to tough skin and it's cracked and it's causing serious problems. They're affecting the proper, the calluses are affecting the proper functioning of the feet. I'm sure it's pretty painful to walk on them in that condition. They look shocking, don't they? Imagine how serious a calloused heart is. The heart was considered to be the core of understanding and perception at this time. So a calloused heart means the inability to understand or perceive pretty much anything at all. The people hardly hear with their ears or see with their eyes. Otherwise, they might, on the next couple of slides here, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn. And then Jesus would heal. So what is the problem? The people are unable to know and understand the kingdom of heaven. They're so insensitive and so hardened to the message of God through his word and through the Lord Jesus, they're unable to perceive the truth about the kingdom of heaven. They're unable to understand the truth about the kingdom of heaven. And they're unable to act on the truth about the kingdom of heaven. This is a serious problem. It stops people from gaining access to the eternal life which Jesus came to bring. It stops them from receiving all the benefits of God's grace, which he's poured out on anyone who will come to the Lord Jesus and put their faith and trust in him. In his second letter, the Apostle Peter makes clear that this lack of understanding and access 
is mankind's problem. It's your and my problem. It's not God's problem. God makes his offer of salvation through the Lord Jesus to anyone who will receive it. The apostle writes, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord's offer of forgiveness and life is there for the taking. The Lord wants many to come to repentance, to turn and to be saved. The onus is on us, on mankind, to turn and respond to the Lord's grace. So having read that, I'd now like to apply that to three sets of people. I'm going to apply it to the world, to our friends and neighbors, and finally to ourselves. Well, let's start with the world. And by this, I mean society as organized apart from God. Now, let me ask you these questions. Have you ever heard any of these questions out loud? Why doesn't God reveal himself clearly? You ever heard that one? What about, why does God allow suffering? Ever heard that one? That's a common one, isn't it? And what about, why does God allow war? There's a war on at the moment, as we know, Russia, Ukraine. Why does God allow war? You ever heard that one as well? A lot, isn't it? And then here's another one. I could never believe in a God who allows dot, 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 dot. Child abuse, all sorts of dreadful things that we have in the world. I could never believe in a God who allows those things to happen. Have you ever heard someone make a statement to that effect? There's so many people around us in the world try to stand over and above God. They look down on him and on his actions or perceived inactions, and they seek to judge him. That's breathtaking arrogance, isn't it? It's breathtaking arrogance. We are the creatures. We are unable to control even ourselves, let alone others or the world around us, and yet we presume to stand over the top of God and to hold him to account. God made everything and sustains everything by his power, including each one of us personally. Every breath we take is given by God. God patiently waits for people to come to repentance just like the Apostle Peter told us. Shame on mankind, shame on us, if we fail to respond to his grace and repent. Because of the hardness of our hearts, those calluses on our hearts make us harden, don't they? They close our eyes. They make our ears deaf. The information about God's call on each one to repent and turn and receive life in Jesus, it's widely available and easy to understand. We should all be praying for a mighty move of God's Spirit in our land and across the world as we ask him to take away those scales and from the blind eyes and unstop those deaf ears. That's something to pray about there. Well, next, let's consider our neighbors and our friends. And here I'm also including our family, family members. Basically, anyone around us who we know or could get to know 
personally. We know many of them, and many of them know us. And if we're willing, we can have access to them so we can share the truth with them and invite them to consider the kingdom of heaven. Each one of us is under an obligation to try to get through to each member of this group. God has placed us strategically in our workplaces, in our leisure environments, on the golf course, in the rowing club, down the pub. In a reasonable and appropriate way, we need to be urging each one of our neighbors, friends, and family members to hear. We need to urge them to open their eyes and to see. We need to encourage them to understand with their hearts and turn and receive Jesus' healing. The book of Ezekiel, which the home groups will be taking a peep at as part of the questions, the book of Ezekiel is instructive in this area. Chapter 3, and again in chapter 33, we read God's instructions to the prophet Ezekiel. The prophet is to act as a watchman. When the watchman sees disaster coming, he's on the walls of the city, he's looking out, and disaster is coming. When the watchman sees disaster coming, he is under obligation. He has to sound the alarm. He has to wake people up and warn them of imminent disaster. In numerous places, God makes it clear that the watchman who sees the danger must alert the people around him. If he fails to do so, then he or she is responsible for the lives of those people when disaster strikes. To the people around us, to our friends, neighbors, colleagues, other contacts, we are the watchmen and watchwomen. We can see imminent disaster, eternal separation from God and death are looming large. We have turned and received God's mercy. We need to be earnest and urgent in urging them to do the same. If they ignore us despite our best endeavors, then we have done our duty and been faithful as watchmen and watchwomen. If they respond, then we can join in that rejoicing which takes place in heaven every time someone turns from death to life. Okay, finally, let's look at ourselves. This passage also applies to us. Although we're in the same position as the disciples in that the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to us, we need to beware complacency. We need to beware becoming complacent. How well do we understand God's word? Are we reading it regularly? and allowing it to change our hearts and conform us more and more into the likeness of the Lord Jesus. How are our calluses? Are there parts of God's word which irritate us or which we find impossible to follow? Are we stuck in sin and unable to repent or turn away from evil? How is our viewing 
Are we watching material which is unhealthy and sinful? Has this become a habit? How is our giving? Are we hoarding money, time, and other resources that we have, not seeking the blessing which comes from giving generously of our time, money, and skills to others and to the Lord's work? How are our attitudes? God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. Jesus came to save his enemies, those who hate him. Are we sharing God's love with everyone, even with that grumpy old neighbor next door, that relative-in-law, or that work colleague that really doesn't seem to be listening? No one is perfect. We've all got things to pray about, to repent over, and to do better at. Let's get serious and wholehearted with our Lord as we seek to see clearly, hear well, understand with our hearts for Jesus and ask for Jesus' ongoing healing. Let's commit ourselves again to serve the Lord Jesus to the best of our ability and to bear much fruit for his glory. Amen. So as we ponder these things, let's sing together the creed in the words of our next song, Our Father Everlasting. As we affirm what we believe, let's also rejoice in God's goodness towards us and resolve to serve him more wholeheartedly. Do please stand if you're able to sing Our Father Everlasting.